0: Hello friends, Lindsey Perry here, and we are thrilled that you're joining us for our Beyond the Woods podcast. This season is all about your story and how you found success. Throughout this season, you will hear from our Beyond family on how they found success and how you can take a page right out of their guide. In this episode, we'll be learning from one of Beyond's best sales leaders and how he creates a strong Team culture. Ken Tao, buddy,
1: how you doing? Doing well. How are you doing, Lindsay? Ah,
0: uh, you know, doing pretty good. It's the new year. Trying not to get into any trouble.
1: <laughs> I try to stay out of trouble all the time.
0: I don't know if I believe that. I mean, you, you've been here now for, what, a little over 24 hours, and we've at least caused a little bit of trouble last a night. Bit, a little bit. Flying T. Guys, I'm telling you, do not take Tao out for golf if you don't want to get beat.
1: <laughs> we did have a good time.
0: We did. It was a good time. Thank you so much for coming. As you know, Ken, we're kind of making our season all about your story and how you found success. And I know your story, but I want to get your story out there for others to hear. Now, when you started, you started out in a sales seat, right?
1: I did. I started out as a BA Okay. or a relationship manager, I should say.
0: Okay. (laughs) So you started out in sales and then you've also, here at Beyond, you've really made your stamp as being one of our division directors, right? Correct. All right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but since day one, you were not only one of our first hires, but you were a DD up on that hire, yeah? Correct. All right. So, guys, as we talk to Ken, we're going to hear a little bit about his time in the sales seat, but we're going to spend the majority of our time really learning what he's done that has made him successful as one of our division directors here at Beyond, and more importantly, focus around the culture that he has built within his team, because you're going to hear from Ken himself, but that culture is really what makes Team Tao so strong.
1: It really is. I mean, we're we're really focused on making sure everyone does well, and uh, that's a lot of our secret. Yeah. Just
0: focusing on them, making it all about them.
1: Correct. And being out there with them.
0: But Ken, let's start kind of at the beginning a little bit. Let's go back a few years. So what did you do before you got into the financial technology industry?
1: Well, actually, uh, I had my own American Family Insurance office and uh, had that for many years. And the reason I... I really enjoyed it. I helped a lot of people. But the big thing was you weren't in control of any of the pricing. You know, the company could change it at any time, any given moment, and all those customers call you. <laughs> so you sell them one thing and then some they got something else. And I really didn't like that. So I had left there and I opened my own fitness personal training gym. Okay. And uh, I did that for two years. And then I managed to injure myself and had a major kidney surgery. Ooh. So that kind of took me out of doing the hands-on training per se. Then one day I got a call, just random from a friend I've known for a long time, and said, hey, I'm looking for some sales guys. Do you know anybody? I really need to get somebody on my team. And I said, well, give me a couple of days. I'll call you back with some name. Not thinking of myself doing that. I just right. was going to figure out how to work my gym. <laughs> Two days later, I got a phone call for and it was an interview. And I'm like, oh, they must have turned my name in. And so I went ahead and did the interview, and then I research what we were doing (laughs) and two days later I was in this industry and uh, that's kind of how it all started.
0: Okay so you started out you're in insurance you went into personal training and then they didn't like your list and decided you were a better choice and said hey we want you can come come work with us. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect perfect I love it. So what really made you decide that you wanted to leave that personal training dream of yours and having that own gym and going into joining the financial technology industry? I mean, sounds like it didn't even take you too long to consider it.
1: No, once I was once I got hurt, I knew it was one of those things I was going to have to get back to doing sales. That's what I had done my whole life. And as much as I enjoy helping people and I would love to do it, I still get calls every day. Hey, are you going to open the gym back up? just can't just can't do it I could probably do it today but at the time there was no physical way for me to do it so
0: what was appealing to you what what really stood out that made you think yeah I can do this I want to do this
1: well it kind of went on those same lines so once I figured out what we were doing yeah it was more you're helping all these small businesses you know and hadn't and run my own business with the American family and then ran that one you can see some of the pain points and then I kind of went through their promises that they had and it was the reason I left insurance was, you know, they kept changing the pricing. Well, this one mm-hmm. met more with my ethics. Like if I sell something, I want to know that that's what they get, right? not something different. So I stuck with that and it kind of appealed to me. So I hopped into this business and it's been fun, interesting ride.
0: <laughs> yes, it really has. Financial technology is a very interesting industry. I mean, you're dealing with money, you're dealing with technology, you're dealing with employees, you have terminals. I mean, there's the list goes on and there's so much to learn. I know when when I first got started and started kind of similar to you just did a little bit of research was like, "Oh, okay, that that seems pretty interesting. I know technology. I should be able to figure this out. I like money. Surely if I like money and I know technology, that's a win, right?" And I got in a little rose-colored sunglasses you know what i mean thinking anybody who needs credit card process if anybody who takes payments basically is going to need my business right
1: they need my help Uh, of course (laughs) they
0: do and anybody who has employees needs me this is easy i know all sorts of people that fit that criteria and then the more and more i started working in it and started working with the different salespeople and stuff i kind of learned that wasn't the story So why don't you tell us a little bit about how long, because I hear this question all the time is, how long does it really take to unlock and understand this pretty complicated industry or how long did it take for you?
1: You know, it was probably about my eighth month when I figured out, oh, I got this. (laughs) And how do I make money? You know, worked at a place that. Measured you just on a certain amount of sales and you had to hit that number. And I only ever missed that two times, but mm. it was like my sixth and eighth month. And I didn't really, we, we didn't really have much training back then. You know, you kind of had to figure it out on your own. And so you were hitting what the company said was a good number, but it wasn't making you the income that you needed. And so it took me a little while to figure out that how to actually make money and help customers at the same time. <laughs>
0: Right. And actually, what part of your solution fit their pain?
1: I'm sure right, that was. Because you didn't necessarily know all those answers. You kind of were recreating your own wheel.
0: Mm, mm. So I, I want to touch on something right there. Two things. You mentioned when you got into it, you know, back then they didn't have training. When did, about what year did you get into this industry? I
1: believe it was the end of 2011.
0: Okay. Okay. So there wasn't really a training program. You didn't have any trainers you could call like anything like that. No,
1: we didn't we didn't have really, I mean, unless you knew a name, maybe and you know, you know, let's be honest, when you're new, you're not exactly sure who to call. When I started, they didn't have any managers per se in our area. Um the lady that hired me moved the day before I started. So gotcha. gotcha. It was kind Helpful. of you have twenty appointments, let's go. And then I had to figure out what we were doing.
0: I wrote most stressful. of my
1: apps on a napkin. Okay. And then figured out how to turn them in later.
0: Oh, my gosh. I, you're, you're tougher than I am. I may have ended up just curled up in the corner trying to trying to learn it that way. Because even with training, I know I felt myself a little overwhelmed. But just having to be out there all on your own, figuring it out by yourself, that's, that's got to be a pain. And I, I would say probably a testament as to why your leadership style is so different.
1: Yeah. I mean, luckily, I was pretty good at math. Okay. I just didn't know how to fill out their apps. Okay. So I had signed apps and a napkin full of numbers. And that's guys, what I we, turned we in. we
0: cannot do signed, <laughs> signed apps on napkins, guys. We have a whole online system. We've <laughs> got to use the merchant application. But hey, if that's but what that's, you had. But that's
1: good. That's what we had then, you know, and hoped <laughs> you had enough pieces of paper to make it work.
0: I wish you were the first person that has told me something
1: like that. But it's really,
0: you know, it seems like was a little more of the wild west for a while and that things were pretty crazy in the in the earlier
1: years it, it was it was it's a lot different now i mean i mean luckily here i mean when i'm doing my hiring and things of that nature it's all about the training most of my candidates all ask what about the training because there's still a lot of companies out there right now that you just get hired and they just send you out and say Hey, go do this and you see a lot of guys that tried it for six months nine months a year but never really figured it out they didn't really have a lot of guidance here i tell them look you've got myself you've got your tls you've got our whole training department i mean someone's going to be able to help you but we're going to stay with you till we get to your here's the spot you want to be in
0: right and i mean had you had something like that, the six to eight months, and, and honestly, that's not a bad time frame to get, to get your sea legs in this industry, but that could have been even sooner for you, and you could have done it with a lot less stress had you had some of that help to kind of be able to reach out to and phone a friend.
1: Right, because it was kind of, it was the eighth month, and I'm like, okay, I'm not making near what I needed to make, and it was, it was questions like, do I want to do this? Or should I just go back and
0: what made do you something decide else? to stay and stick with it?
1: I just it's just hard for me to quit. I'm like, I can show you guys.
0: You weren't gonna let <laughs> I don't it need beat your you. help.
1: <laughs> You're like, I can do this with or without you. Right. And that's really what it came down to. It's like either do it or don't. Right. And then I'm like, okay, well, this is where I need to be. And I made my own income plan. And that's that's when it started coming together
0: kind of gave you a path that showed you how it could be done instead of just
1: being this big, dark abyss. Right. I mean, it's overwhelming. If you just go out your door and you go, anybody takes credit cards, well, how many people drive past and go, I need to stop there tomorrow? Right. Or I need to stop here tomorrow. Right. And tomorrow never gets here because you forget. You didn't write it down. You were just driving. So started becoming very focused. I had a, I made my own plan, and uh, I became the Mexican restaurant guy.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And uh, sold many, many Mexican restaurants. Nice. I went to 140 in uh, about three and a half days. Met as wow. many owners as possible. Told them I was already talking to someone else because I did talk to them. Right. Well, they're like, "Oh, well, what are you talking about?" And next thing you know, I became the guy, and that was pretty much my clientele was Mexican restaurants.
0: How incredible! So you you said 140 Mexican restaurants in three days.
1: Three to three and a half.
0: How many doors were you having to pull a day to do that?
1: A lot. I was averaging about forty-two for those two days okay. or three days, and uh, but I just wanted to know names, right? Because I knew they would know names. And somebody once said, "Pick something you like." Well, I love chimichangas, so I said, "Let's go try one at every restaurant possible." I so
0: love chimichangas as well. And I cannot imagine if you tried a chimichanga at 140 Mexican stores. One, I want to know what's the best. I don't know if we have time for that today. But two, had to be a bit of a tummy ache at the end of 140 chimichangas. A little bit. It was about 20
1: pounds later. <laughs> <laughs> three, two and a half, three days,
0: 20 pounds, he was set. But it, after doing that, did you really feel like that kind of got you back over that hump that you'd found yourself kind of in that?
1: It put me on a trajectory because out of those calls, just meeting people, just going around having a conversation. I was, I signed three or four pretty big restaurants. And we did like, it it was like 20, 25,000 over the next, those next two months, which was more than I was doing. And so it, it was just set me on a target where I was like, okay, now this actually makes sense. Mm. And then I have people calling me because they all know who I am. They all know I was working with right. this guy or this one happened to be a family member or a cousin, whoever. And it just set me up to where I was literally getting phone calls for the next eight, nine months. Okay. And off of that just really hard couple days of just really days.
0: focused yep. prospecting out there, feet to the street, pulling doors, shaking and, hands, and kissing babies. I had babies. It laid out.
1: Like I went on. The internet, because I'm not as savvy as y'all, you can call it whatever, are on the line. <laughs> and, and I think uh, they
0: call it that somewhere, on the yeah, line. I
1: think it was on mm-hmm. the line somewhere. I think it was that Google movie. Anyway, they, I had all of them laid out. Okay. You know, so I kicked out the ones I knew, you know, I don't need Taco Bell.
0: Okay, but, right.
1: And I went through and then I had these 140 and... Then I just mapped them. So I didn't care, but I found a lot of new places I didn't even know about because I was taking major roads. I was taking the shortest route. So mm. I went down roads I had never been on and then found stuff that wasn't even listed. So it was it was really interesting. But I've I found a lot of new things.
0: It sounds like a really kind of fun adventure too. I mean, you're you're going out, just 140 doors, you pull it, turns into what'd you say, almost eight months of referrals coming your way from that. Right. Um realistically let's there's a couple things i want to unpack here because because of course you know me the trainer mind things are sticking out earlier when we were talking you had mentioned that you didn't really have a lot of training and and i know you haven't said this on the podcast yet but i have a feeling there's a few listeners that have heard this before but you told me that you were often told by your leadership that a monkey can do this job just go do it exactly is that true
1: (laughs) no it's not okay I mean, if it's a really focused monkey, no, I'm just kidding.
0: I, I know. I've, I've heard that myself. And I know when I hear that, I think, man, we've got to have some talented monkeys running around here that can do this because it's not easy. You're, you're dealing with a part of people's business that they don't really want to think about. They need to, but they don't want to have to think about it. Realistically, they wish everybody just brought them cash. They feel like that would just make life a whole lot easier, but that's not how we shop. That's not how people spend their money. So now they have to have your service and then they've got to pay their employees. And now with all these labor laws, they got to make sure they're protected. They just, they don't want to think about this stuff. They don't want to think about having to upgrade their technology to make sure they're up to date and they're secure. They just want things to work. And then here we come in and they've had phone calls, potentially more than they would like. Maybe people are walking in their doors. Maybe they're not. But it feels like to, to them that every time they turn around, someone's asking them for their money and someone's telling them how they can save them money and do better. Right?
1: Right. I mean, it have, and so it is hard. That makes it very hard because they feel like they've been burned so many times that kind of goes back to my old industry of, mm. hey, here's what we're going to sell you. And then somewhere in that contract says I can adjust your pricing or change it. or
0: Yeah. Those, those prices and those rates just start to creep and find ways into your bill. Right. Right. And it just gets more and more expensive. And so these business owners that you guys, our sales reps are out there changing their lives every day and helping them. They don't really want you coming in their door. And that doesn't sound too easy to me. You know, again, that doesn't sound like something a monkey can do. You've already got somebody saying, I don't even want you to come in here. I don't think I want your help. You have to win them over, get them to sit down with you, then run a professional appointment with them so that they can understand how you can help their business. And it's not even done then, then you enroll them and you follow up, you check in with them. That doesn't sound like an easy gig. And so when I hear people tell me that this is such an easy job, a monkey can do it, I I cringe just a little bit. Because I know the hard work that you as a leader put into equipping and empowering your people and all the hard work that the training team and the service center puts into equipping people. And I think, I know a monkey couldn't do that.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So talk to me a little bit about that part of it, just really getting yourself educated and helping yourself understand how you can go in and help those business owners. What do you do or what would you suggest for for me to do if I were coming on here at Beyond and and I were going to take on this journey?
1: I mean, I guess that's the first part is you really are helping them. And, you know, a lot of people get, you know, thin skinned and they're not real happy about sometimes you get the answer. I mean, the majority of people don't know they need your help yet. And that's the first time you came in and they've seen some other guy one time for 20 people coming by. So sometimes you just have to see them and they got to understand you're still going to be here. They want to know about other clients that you have. They don't want to go with a guy that's not going to be here again in Mm -hmm. three more months. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But it's truly about helping. And I I would tell everybody not to get discouraged because automatic instinct is just to say no. They don't want to spend their money. But if you're truly in there, And you know you're helping them and you're just you're not going in there to sell something you're going they already have it i just want to make it better you're not truly selling them something because they already have it you just want to make their process work better they understand you're trying to help it's going to make a big difference you're going to get more sales and you're going to get more customers and your residuals going to grow and all those things
0: so it starts with that mindset of just realizing that you really are helping people and taking pride in the work that you're doing and it, that probably makes it a little bit easier to hear those no's when you, you know that you're, you're out there helping people.
1: Right. I take a no as they just don't know they need your help yet.
0: So now how do I learn the industry? So I get the, I get the right mindset. And now I've got the right mindset. I'm going out there. I know I'm helping people. How do I, how do I start learning how to do this? What do I do?
1: I mean, a lot of it is with your your management. I mean, your Tls, your DDS. That's what we're there for. We want to make sure and ensure your success. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we do is we do an income plan with every single person. but We also do a personal plan. You know why? You know what's what are the things you want to accomplish, and what would it take for you to get there? What do you need to happen? We had a great year. I mean, three people got a new house. Two guys got a new car, two guys are getting married, but all based on this plan they had to get to. So they were able to have the funds or backup to be able to do those things. And that's really what we focus on. It's how do you get there? How do you get what you want? And that's, we really hold them accountable to their dreams Mm -hmm. and wants. And so that's how we do it.
0: I love that story. And I've obviously the training team, we've got a pretty close relationship with your crew with Team Tau. I mean, oh, for sure. you guys, the team leads, the BAs, you really lean on us. We lean on you guys. It's a very symbiotic relationship between us. We're, we're really, I, I feel like it's a partnership. I often consider my team as the right hands to the division directors and to the team leads to help you guys achieve your goals. We're out there to enable you to do what you do best. Right. Right. And And that's
1: one thing. I mean, I work with all your guys. We have calls. We talk through the reps. Sometimes you guys pick up things that we don't see because we're not necessarily having that same conversation in the exact same way. And you know, if everybody realizes everybody learns a little different. So if I think it's super easy, but they don't, it's not super easy. Right. So I might talk with, with you or Liz or Joe just kind of say look okay help me here this is what's going on with this person Mm -hmm. and we're just aren't just can't figure this step out how can you say this a little differently that might get that light bulb you know to go off and it works I mean because everybody they might hear it differently it really goes hand in hand it's helped us quite a bit I mean most of our rookies do really well (laughs) and we keep up on all the training they do all their their modules, they do everything, which makes a big difference. Cause we have a lot of guys from outside the industry. I think- uh, Most of your team,
0: hires come from outside of the industry, don't they?
1: Yeah, so I think there's only two people on our team that were in the industry that I haven't hired. Some of them came here from the industry, but I had hired them earlier. So I think we had five that have done this and the other well,
0: 13 13? all came
1: from a variety of things um
0: and they're all seeing success which is what's so cool because you know i've even heard oh you got to hire somebody who's come from this industry you know i hear all sorts of things and and again the way you encourage your team leads and the way you interact with my team and that partnership i really feel like if if i could get any dd to to pick up that behavior it would be a game changer for us because it's it's that partnership of you telling us and kind of coaching us on what you need from us. We're trainers. We know how to deliver it. We know how to put it into a learning and a learning objective and make it to where they can really take out of it. But sometimes we don't have the experience in the field. Sometimes we might not have come across that before. And, and that's where your guidance really comes in and we get to be a one, two punch. And I know for, for our team, the, the training team here, that's been one of the things that's made it so easy to help the rookies in St. Louis is because we really feel like we have a good Perspective, a good picture of what's going on there and how we can be part of that solution and just really add to that. Um, I I do want to dig more into the leadership side, but before we do, I want to circle back to one other thing that you mentioned when you were talking about your time in the sales seat. Okay. And guys, Ken and I are kings and queens of following squirrels. So just (laughs) have a good time chasing them with us. I promise you'll learn a, a lot out of this, but we may take you to a few different places along the way. So you mentioned that someone had told you to go after what you liked. Now here at Beyond, we, we refer to that as like your sphere of influence, right? You have your friends and family circle, the people that you know that do business that you would consider to be a friend or a family member, right? Right. And I guess you can't consider them to be a family member. They, they are a family member. Right. And then you have the places where you shop right where you're spending your money. They tell you, you know, follow your money, wherever you're spending, it's probably a good place to go and talk to them because you're a customer first. And you know, it kind of gives that familiarity already. And then I've also heard that the other area you want to focus on is places that you've done business in the past. So even if you, when you are in insurance, if you were doing business with another business, through that, you would want to go and talk to them because they've already purchased from you before, even though it might not be in this industry. There's clearly that buyer salesperson trust that already exists in right. that circle. So when when you said, you know, hey, focus on what you know, and then you said, I like chimichangas. So I went after Mexican restaurants, do you feel like that sphere of influence approach is really important for people to focus on? Is that just for new hires? What's your perspective there?
1: I, was, I think anybody could do it, especially maybe you're having a slump or you're just a little out of kilter. Things aren't mm-hmm. going just right. It's a great way to just get right back on track. I used it, you know, because I needed to focus and I've actually tried it with a couple of my rookies right now. And they, one of the ladies said, I love bridal shops and weddings. And I said, okay, let's look them up. So she's done, I think three days of prospecting, not near as many, of course, it's probably not as many of those as Mexican restaurants, but I think she's hit probably twenty so far mm. and we ran we've already ran two appointments, and we've got a signing I believe that is today with a thirteen location Wow and so I think she'll have eighteen eighteen thousand in margin today Wow but she went where she likes she enjoys it. she's comfortable mm-hmm. uh, her daughter was getting married they just like that's just she just felt good when she goes there so it just kind of kick-started her she hasn't had a loss but it made this next month was already done and now she's kind of following that she's got some names she can drop right that are big players so it's just kind of guiding her down a path and, and she, she just seems to be successful it keeps me mm-hmm. a little focused
0: well, and since she's having fun with it, I'm sure her confidence is up, and so your confidence is up. People want to talk to you, and I'm sure just all around that focusing on the areas that you know, it, it's probably more helpful to you, the salesperson, than anyone.
1: Oh, for sure. If you're not stressed, it's that whole help attitude works. <laughs> if you're worried, uh, you know, about hitting this number by this exact minute, then yeah, it's kind of kind of stressful. Oh but my gosh. If we're just working to your bills and you're not worried about the other number and your wants, you know, we can get there. mm -hmm. It's just how fast to get them up to speed. Um, So we really do focus on rookies and making sure they're getting paid because you don't want them falling behind.
0: Absolutely. All right, friends. Thank you for joining us for part one of Ken's talk on how to build a strong team culture. Join us next week as we will continue our journey with Ken and Team Tao. Talk to you soon. Hey, Alyssa. What, Harvey? Do you know what would be super awesome? A whole bunch of puppies? Yes, but also how our listeners can support the pod. Yes, that's awesome too. You can support the pod by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing on all of your social media. Alyssa, I think you nailed it. Thanks.